So good evening to all of you. Very happy to be again here in the Friday program. <laughs> <laughs> Thursday, Thursday, I'm projecting into some yes. eventual expansion. So <laughs> here in the Das Family House, as you used to call it, right? Mm-hmm. Das Family. Okay. Nice designation. So, well, the idea is that tomorrow we will more officially start with the series of lectures about the Upadisambhita verses that were selected, the first four, in four uh, episodes. But today we have a more informal gathering and I'm trying to gradually enter into, into this series of lectures. So the idea was to speak about whatever you may like me to speak. If you have some questions, some topic, some something, I'm here hopefully for at your service. So. Mm-hmm. Now it's your part. Okay. Yeah, we have one that we've been talking about for a while. In uh, the Krishna Leela, there's some characters who don't have parents. Mm-hmm. Rose has talked about that, like Suval doesn't have parents. Um, and then there's some characters that are kind of hard to figure out, like uh, Rinda Devi or Bhakti Devi. Sometimes they're described kind of like gopi assistants, and sometimes they're kind of like forest goddesses. Mm. But we know that they're expansions of Radharani. Mm. Sometimes we talk about the Tulsi tree, like. So you have to kind of just understand those type of characters a little better. Mm. Um, and the relationship between Vrindadevi and Srimati Exactly. Yeah, exactly. And then the yeah. role they play in the Leela and mm-hmm. how they interact with us as sadhaks. Right, how we worship that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> we talk about this many nights. <laughs> many nights. Trying to figure it out. But it's not enough yet. You need more. Yes. Okay. <laughs> Much more. <laughs> okay. So last part of the question, how that relate to us as sadhakas, especially exactly. more in connection to Brinda Devi and, mm-hmm. and, and Tulsi right. and in this manifestation, something like that? Sure, yes. Okay. And maybe you could backtrack just a little bit to bring Heather and I along. So I'm somewhat familiar with these characters, but Heather's not, I mean, Heather is familiar with Radharani and the idea of Krishna's gopi girlfriends, but maybe not more than uh-huh. the, the Vaughn Davies. And we have a Tulsi, but we're, we have Tulsi. Uh-huh. But, but we're not mm-hmm. like. <laughs> but maybe we. Yeah, of course. It doesn't have to be remedial. So, well, uh, first, first of all, sorry? I'm sure you can talk about both. Yeah, hopefully, by your blessings. So, first of all, I, I, I should say that because. In the spirit of talking more about something and trying to have a bigger grasp about whatever topic we are speaking today or some other day, it's important that always we always get to know really this idea of it will no matter how much we speak about that, we will never fully grasp that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> not like saying shut up and do not ask any more things, but like understanding the nature of the topic is such that. Maybe because of that you have are speaking about it nights after night after night. <laughs> Still, you want to hear about that. No? Maybe sometimes we want to hear about that because sometimes we don't have particular 
answers about something, but sometimes when the answers come, we still want to hear more about that. <laughs> but now because the answers came, maybe before we want to hear about that because I don't have the answer or the proper, whatever, conception about some given topic, but eventually when that comes and expresses itself in the proper way, you start to want to hear more about that from a new perspective. No? So the conclusion is, we will always want to hear more about all this. No? And, and, and the, 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 game, the name we give to this type of of conversations, not only about Tulsi and, and, and Gopi and whatever, but to the topic itself, the name we give to that is Ananta. One of the names is Ananta Kata. Can you introduce them to me? Welcome. Thank you. I'm so sorry. Have you met Maharaj before? Never before. This is Padmanabha Swami. Amla Bhakti. Amla Bhakti. And that's it. My pleasure to meet you both. We got very lost. I'm so sorry. Thanks for coming. Here we are. Lost and found. So, well. We just started some minute, one minute ago, so mm-hmm. you are. So we are about to start speaking about some topics that you will now realize which are the topics and the answer, hopefully. But we are speaking first of all about the nature of the topic in itself, whatever may, it may be, whatever topic is connected to to Krishna, to God, to transcendence. It has no beginning. It has no end. So there is not a way that we will say, okay, now we've finished the topic. Let's go to a new one. I mean, the same topic becomes a new one at every step. And because of that one name of the of what we are doing now is called Anantakata. Now one name for speaking about God is Harikata or Krishna Kata. But one name is Anantakata. Ananta means unending. No, no end conversation. <laughs> so you are entering to a journey where it has no end. The very expansion of God Himself that we worship, one of them called Ananta, Shesh, mm-hmm. means uh, basically that, a form of God that is mainly exclusively or mostly engaged in no, speaking about the glories of God, of Himself basically, <laughs> but not of course in a selfish, proud way, <laughs> but it's an expansion of Krishna about speaking, chanting the glories of Krishna with not only one mouth, but Ananda has the blessing that Rupa Goswami once prayed for Krishna, give me thousands of tongues. Okay, Anand, we can see what's the result of that experience. Ananda says received thousands of tongues and still not satiated. <laughs> Because she, or he basically in this case, is speaking about Krishna chanting the glories of the unlimited with unlimited tongues and the result of that unlimited plus unlimited combination is the topic becomes grows bigger and bigger. So that's the nature of touching just... So what, whatever we can do is just touch one point in, infinite, in one infinite line. 
I, I'm making this clear because sometimes I'm not saying you are those type of people, but sometimes devotees with a good intention, but maybe they like like to, to think I can't grasp the topic. So now we will speak about that, and there is nothing else that can be said that, and I now really know what's that about. But you can always know more, and more, and more. So of course, this is not to say let's stop speaking, but again let's continue speaking. Vedanta say, no? You can never say enough about God. But it doesn't mean let's not say anything, but let's keep talking. No? As much as we can, the best as we can, and in one way grasp and get closer to this unlimited uh, horizon. That can be overwhelming because try to realize this idea Srila Siddhar Maharaj once said to get cl- to advance, to get close to God, means to get close to the infinite, to the unlimited. So getting close to the infinite and limited means you will realize there is no limit to the progress I can make. I mean, whatever I, s- I look, progress, progress, progress. So it's a very challenging and dynamic reality, you know. Everywhere, at every moment, they're inviting us to more, more, more. So, this exercise of Krishna Kata, Nanta Kata, Hari Kata is very helpful to to have a glimpse of that, of the nature of that uh, domain, mm-hmm. and to develop the proper humility that is required to enter into a place that there is no limit to progress. So you can only enter there as a student and as an eternal student, because there is no limit for learning from the progress of this. Only eternal students can will be admitted there. <laughs> no, nobody there, there will consider themselves I'm a teacher. What to say? I have my PhD in Golok. Nothing <laughs> like that. No. Everyone there will feel I'm just a beginner. I'm hopefully some type of devotee someday. That's the psychology of the Brajabhasis, the inhabitants of the spiritual world. No. Narad Muni comes and the gopis will say, oh, one devotee came. Let's have Sadhu Sangam purify ourselves from our ordinary village lifestyle. Narad Muni is looking at them and just trembling in ecstasy, like, oh my god, this is such a level, high Vaishnavas. And they cannot accept and conceive that they are Vaishnavas at all. They consider me Vaishnava, I want to hide my head below the ground. And oh, (laughs) you feel like Narad, it means you are in front of a very powerful devotee like that. So, after this brief <laughs> little introduction about the, the, the caution we have to take, to have when approaching Harikatan and Takata, yes, some words can be said about what you asked about regarding some specific associates of Krishna in, in, the, in the Lila, and we will also try to explain some details, more introductory details, in order to fully not fully, sorry, <laughs> but partially grasp <laughs> an initial idea of what's all this, because some topics may be more new to one than to another. So, mm-hmm. so while Prabhu was asking about, um, well, about him, about freedom, for example, not having a father, uh, or well, that was just I, like an example. I said only for example. Okay, okay. Okay. People in the Lila, they yeah, don't have a clear background. And then, yeah, then, and the Telsey tree, and, and okay. Brenda Davies. 
Okay, but mainly the topic ends in, 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 in Brinda Devi and the Tulsa tree, yeah. I feel. <laughs> uh, so, but we can say something about the other things. And yes, of course, some of the, as you know, when we speak about Krishna, Krishna is never alone. When Srila Rupa Goswami gives his official definition of Uttam Bhakti, of the type of devotion we aspire to practice, he says, Krishna Anushilanam. And he uses the word Krishna. And Jiva Goswami comments, Pure devotional service is to be directed to Krishna, the perfect object of love, but the word Krishna implies Krishna and his retinue, his associates. God, Krishna in particular, is never alone. So like when you say Guru, <laughs> if you have a beginner's conception, you will think only one person. <laughs> guru. Yeah, my Guru Dev. Nobody else. Hey, he's above everyone. All these Kanista psychology sometimes comes. <laughs> but if, you are, if your faith is much more refined, when you hear the word Guru, that will take you to the whole parampara. Because you realize, my Guru Dev is not alone. He, if he's Guru, it's because he had some Guru, and he Guru had some Guru, and even he has some God brothers and disciples, and all of them are extensions of his retinue. No? Retinue, is it? Mm-hmm. Retinue, thank you. So, so, we should be very careful about properly understanding these type of things. So, when we say Krishna, Please do not conceive your approach to God. In our tradition, at least, it's not just Krishna and me. If you have that aspiration, you immediately are uh, <laughs> like sent into the Kanishta Adhikar category that thinks in terms of me and God. No, no one in the mid, in the middle of them. I don't want. I'll say intermediary. Intermedi- no. uh, so gradually you start to realize the nature of Krishna, the nature of the spiritual world, in our projection, in our particular theistic window of opportunity, is Krishna is really fully accompanied by so many people, such big families, such unending groups of friends, unending groups of corresponding cows for them and for peace and like this. So our approach at Silasya Maharaj is not like the one of uh, Mirabai, with our due respect to her. But she wrote so many songs, very nice songs, in devotion to Krishna. But all the songs was Krishna and me. Krishna and me. Nobody else appeared never in the song. It was like, so, Srila who said, we, we do not follow Mirabai. We respect her, but it's not our mode of approaching God. So when we start to, to open no, our eyes to the idea of God is not alone, we start to discover so many important beings playing a very fundamental role there. We even find extreme example, you, you were singing Jai Sachinandan a while ago, so that's a very extreme example of that. Srila Siddhar Maharaj wrote this song, writes this song, and, and he starts to glorify Mahaprabhu, he starts to glorify one after another, the different associates of Mahaprabhu, and in the last verse, he starts to glorify his own Guru Maharaj as part of the retinue, <laughs> and eventually his own God brothers. <laughs> no? So, in, even including them in the combo of Gaur Lila extension, 
is not only Mahaprabhu and me. Mahaprabhu, his associates, his associates, Parampara, Sri Guru, even good brothers. Even though there may be, you may, we may say, but all of them are need to see that turn out liberated. Not necessarily, but their projection is in the direction of transcendence. So, I mean, we should judge someone by their ideal. Maybe they are not there. Maybe they are not coming from there. <laughs> but they have, hopefully, the two eyes fixing that goal on some level at least. So, proportionate to that, we include them in this song. <laughs> so this is to show how much we should... It's not extreme. I'm saying extreme, but actually this should be natural for us. <laughs> how much all these elements are there and playing a role, not only for us here, but there also. If it plays a role for us here, it doesn't mean when we arrive there, we don't need so much sadhu sangha so other people. When we have prayer back to, we can go just straight to Krishna. That's not our philosophy. It's the opposite. As much you advance, as much you will start seeing much more and more and more people around Krishna and develop love at one point, some type of love for all of them also. Although the main love will be towards the Visaya Lambana, the object of love, Krishna. It is said that the love for all the other devotees, sorry I'm become a little technical for a moment, <laughs> is called Sanchari Bhav. So Sanchari Bhav means like transitory type of emotion. Staibab means which will that will be your like permanent emotion. Stai means fixed. And bhav means emotion, ecstasy, and love of God. So staibab means the main emotion you feel for Krishna. And nobody will take you out from there when you get there. <laughs> and staibab means some transitory emotions that come and go, nurture the staibab, the main emotion. And re- retire. And sometimes the example is the ocean and the waves. Stayabab is like an ocean, a deep, grave ocean. That's the main emotion that the body has for Krishna. And Sancharibab are like the waves that come, <laughs> make the, 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 the tidal wave of whatever, and, and retire. So have some purpose and retire. So in this sense, a devotee may have his main, her main connection to Krishna in one of the main Saibabs, Madhurya, Sakya, Vatsali, etc. But, for, but they will also have some affection for the other devotees. But that will com- be compared to Sancharibab, to these emotions that come and help to maximize the main emotion there. So, in this sense, we hear about Krishna being, of course, in connection with Sri Mata Radharani, his own uh, Antaranga Shakti, his own mm, his own self, actually, strictly speaking, uh, Radharani is Krishna, in one sense. <laughs> according to Tatwa, strictly speaking, according to Tatwa, everything is Krishna. <laughs> Advai Gyan means non-dual truth. Non-dual means non-dual means it's him and there's nothing separate from him in one sense everything is Krishna although I don't want to sound like a follower of Sankaracharya but there is something of a beta in our tradition there is unity but there is also some Dvaita so we are like in between the two we have Sankara saying Advaita and Madhvacharya saying Dvaita 
duality, unity. But we try to kind of harmonize the two in this higher synthesis, Achintya Vid Avid. One and different, simultaneously, inconceivably. <laughs> so God is one, everything is God, because everything is what we may call in panentheism, everything is one Shakti of God. The carpet, your soul, <laughs> whatever, the dog, everything is a Shakti of Krishna. But God is similar to his Shaktis, but at the same time, there is particular uh, identity in the individual soul. For example, there is particular individual, what we call volition, will, in, for example, his Swarup Shakti. Krishna and Radha are one, but are different with separate individual will, so that allows for the loving exchange. Because if, if you say whatever Radharani is feeling, Krishna is feeling, I mean, there will be no necessity for Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Krishna will say, no, I'm just one with Radharani feeling what she's feeling. But no, there are individual wills there <laughs> between Shakti and Shakti Mam. So I don't want to enter too much into the into a technical, complex topic, but I'm trying to make some introductory ground to the answer to the question. <laughs> so there are many people there. And all of them are playing a very crucial role. It's not just like, okay, I'm inspired to join Krishna as a friend or as a lover or as a whatever. I really don't care about anyone else there. You should care. Because if you don't have proper consideration about the other like, posts of service, that will be against your own ideal. No? So, for example, let's give an example so many examples no? mm. for example you may say okay I'm inspired with the conception of Madhuri Bhav or Manjari Bhav whatever to serve Srimati Radharani and into her union with Krishna but so I don't care about Sakirasa someone may be so wild to say such a thing <laughs> but you underst understand the follow for example in the midst of the day Krishna has to get some union with Sri Radha and, and friends are instrumental there. No? So, and, and, and Manjaris are also, they're trying to create that union, but they need the help of some, someone on the other party, no? if you will, the friends of Krishna. So if you just want to forget them, you are also like, uh, uh, what's this word in English? Uh, like in, in, indulging in some sabotage. No? <laughs> Sabotage? <laughs> Sab what's the verb? Sabotaging? Sabotage? It's not a verb. The noun, I think, would be a Okay, okay. Sabotage. Okay, okay. You are engaging in sabotage in the sense to yourself, to your own interest. Your followers. Yes, basically. So, in this way, so many other examples can be there applied to Vatsalya and everything like this. So, each rasa, even though even for a moment it may seem like apparently. Rupa Goswami even speaks in terms of friends and enemies. Some rats are friends, some enemies. Not enemies in the sense that we think of enemies here. <laughs> there is no enemies there really. But for example, it's at night, Guru Maharaj gives this example, Krishna is going to sleep. And Yashoda, Krishna's mother, she really wants to Krishna, that Krishna goes to sleep. Have a nice rest and dreams very nicely. No? About 
Ram Lila because Jashoda, when Krishna is going to sleep, she's just like narrating Ram Lila to him. And Krishna started to say to Yasoda, hey, that's me. <laughs> she said, shut up. What nonsense are you saying? You cannot be around. You're not God. Go to sleep. And Krishna saw, suddenly has some inspiration. No, no, that's me. I remember. Shh. So she continues speaking Ramayan till Krishna's going to sleep. And her hope is may he have sweet dreams, dream, dreaming about Ram, who is such a, a correct, no? Mariat Purushot, a very correct person. So hopefully when he grows up he's also as correct as Ram. Sorry, that won't be the case. <laughs> so her desires oh make she's praying, make Krishna has sweet dreams and sleep very nicely. But the desire of the gopis is totally opposed opposed to that. May Krishna not have sleep and just join us in the mid in the dead of the night. So you may say, Oh, they are like uh, opposed the desires but actually they are not enemies in the strict sense of the term and that tension also is required for the dynamics of the of the Lila no? so I'm mentioning all this in order to appreciate how all, even those so called Rasa enemies in Rasa enemies are also playing a role serving the other the enemy so called enemy <laughs> so in this sense we we come to the to the answer of the question so we can open ourselves to appreciate each particular character and their role and their personality and their psychology and the background so yes there are many uh, as Guru Mahesh would like to mention paradigmatic figures in the Lila <laughs> that tend to represent a particular thing or many particular things at the same time that you really try to to understand them in one way and it's not possible one way understanding. You have to have multiple, multi-dimensional <laughs> capacity. So gradually all those things will properly establish in our heart by, by due revelation. But of course we can try to say something about it. So there are people, like Subal mentioned, the example of Sridham, or some others that appear without maybe some specific background about who is his father or where they are coming from like also Jiva Goswami mentions in his Gopal shampoo that one day Purnamasi came uh, and came with Madhu Mangal and she offered Madhu Mangal to Krishna and eventually no, uh, at one point of, of Sri Mati Radharani's unfolding of the Lila and Earth Purnamasi offered to Radharani Lalita, Bishakan and other gopis as gift to her they will accompany you always. And, and yes, maybe you know, yes, they are coming from different villages and joining Sri Radha, but maybe you may not have, may you not, you may not have the specifics about uh, what's, which, which is his father. Which is, I mean, some books contain some information about that. But also, as Guru Maharaj always says, the most important thing for us is not so much the, the technical, like, uh, CB. No, CB you say in English? Curriculum vitae <laughs> of each member of the Lila, which is their, like, you may memorize all that. No? He's his father, he's his mother, she's coming for this village. And you will find even more information like this in other books like Vishnu Purana and others than in the Bhagavad. But in the Bhagavad, what you will find mainly is like the, like the Bhav, no? like the feeling they each of them had for Krishna. And for us, that's the most important thing. And 
and not getting lost, if you will, in details. That, that can happen also because there are many books with how many devotees getting lost. Okay, I have to know exactly the how many brothers does Vishnu Banumaras has and the names of all those and now I'm properly situated. I can repeat all of them by heart. But you may not have a glimpse about what's the bhav behind their names <laughs> and whatever. So it's important to always pay attention to that. So <clears throat> so let's go so in this case some of these important figures and the one that the question is mainly related to is Brinda Devi. So Brinda Devi uh, she's considered yes about so regarding which is the category category? Category? Category. Category, category. sorry. <laughs> she I'm practicing my English with you, you have to tolerate me. So <laughs> stop the flattery please. <laughs> so so Brinda Devi is Sometimes not only bring the day, but different gopis enter into different cate- cate- categories. No, so it's not. For example, all of them are gopis. I mean, gopi is a very generic term for every gopi. I mean, Rupa Manjari, Samandri, and is a gopi. No, because gopi, the very word gopi means like what? What does it mean? Gopa. Cows. Are they cows? Gopa. Gopa. The meaning, etym- etymological meaning of the word gopa or gopal. People. Well, yeah, but pal. A protector. Yeah, pal means also like protector. In English, pal you use like for. No. no. Yeah. Uh, yeah like pal. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> something is there also. <laughs> you have to trace back the roots from English to something. <laughs> so go go pal will mean like cow people. And what does it mean? Cow people, someone who is protecting the cows and at the same time being protected and nourished by them and so on. And go P and go also go means so many things actually. And one of those things means also like senses, mind senses. Go. So go P in this case applies to the gopis in relation to Krishna. Gopis means those who protect Krishna's senses. How they protect Krishna's senses by giving him their senses for him to enjoy. <laughs> Very interesting idea. Because generally in this world you don't think I will protect that per- that person's senses by giving my senses to him so he can enjoy them as he likes or she likes. Generally there will be no much protection there. We will be just carrying each other outside proper shelter. <laughs> no. So that's a very like big abyss. Abyss, you say like abyss. Abyss. I have to practice my accents there. Like big abyss. Abyss between what we understand as sense enjoyment here and what's going on up there in the name of sense enjoyment. So gopis protect their senses and Krishna's senses by using them, by just surrender the whole body, senses, I mean bodies made of senses, offering their senses to Krishna. Do with them whatever you like. In this way they are protecting Krishna and protecting their senses. Like the idea is, you want to control your mind, you want to control, protect your senses, well, the best thing you can do is make them an offering, one after the other. <laughs> Full. So, so gopis, again, is a very generic description. And uh, in the case of Brinda, in this case, she's mainly describing the category 
of a dutika. You have spoken already about that maybe all these nights. So dutika, that you have spoken about this topic. So dutika means like a messenger. Like a, in English you say like she messenger, like a female lady messenger. So um, her role is very crucial, I mean, really crucial for us. Now we will go a little bit into that in connection to Tulsi and how we pray to Tulsi daily. First of all, I mean, for us, the supreme goal of life in our tradition is called Vrindavan. In brief words, what does Vrindavan mean? It means it refers to the forest who belongs to Brenda. Brenda. <laughs> I mean, so she must be someone important there because if, if without her you cannot just like access. It's her place. And that force had be, been given to him, to her, sorry, by Sri Radharani herself. In the unfolding of the Lila on earth, of course, eternally, it's her forest. <clears throat> so it is said that Sri Radharani was so pleased with Brinda Devi, with the arrangement he, she was performing, that she gave the whole force to her. We, we know Sri Radharani's Brinda Vaneshwari, no? the one who presides over the forest, but the forest is Brindavan. So the forest had been given to Brinda, but let's say Brinda sees Tadevis is Srimati Radharani. So, so she's a Dutika, Dutika means some, a messenger, a she messenger, who is all along carrying, taking and carrying different messages. Ameli organizing, she's a very, today people speak about facilitators, no? Mm-hmm. <laughs> no? This seminar will be facilitated mm-hmm. by this person, this person. So in this case, we could express ourselves in these terms in regard to, regarding Brinda Devi. She's a facilitator that is always making the proper arrangements, organizing the spots, sending the message. Uh, this time of the day, at this spot, this is, will be today's meeting. Mm-hmm. And she has the capacity of invoking the proper, uh, for example, seasons for the moment when Radha and Krishna will meet at a particular place. No, there are different uh, like forests in Vrindavan with different seasons, and we have seasons also there. Six seasons are mentioned actually, including rainy season and some in between season, Hemanta called. But eventually, sometimes the necessity of the moment no, there may be, in, if you will, in, in the we have to go beyond our head a little bit, but <laughs> in a land where time is eternal. <laughs> and you are living in eternal present, also there is some unfolding of the eternal day. No? There is sun there, there is moon there, there is day day, there is night there. there. So it seems that days are, are passing. <laughs> and seasons are as well are there, passing. But sometimes the necessity of the moment, there may be in, I don't know, summer, but the particular moment of the day requires another type of season, because of whatever. Radha and Krishna had a particular, uh, let's say, conflict, loving conflict. So the proper season to uh, like uplift or, or invoke a, a good like meeting, summer won't be. I mean, Brinda Devi is the one like a very like a psychic, no? like really understanding the mind of both and what's the best possible combination. And she's had a lot of other associates like running here and there to. So as you see, you know, the life in the spiritual world is not just like 
Lila Smaranam. Oh, Krishna, all right, all right. it will be just like <laughs> running after uh, about how to 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 perform the meeting of Radha and Krishna. No? Basically, the whole dynamics of Vrindavan is just to get that point, how to get them together daily, over and over and over and over again. So. <clears throat> so Brinda Devi is really instrumental in all that. She's basically only absorbed in that, and that's that's what Dutika really means. Hmm? She's really sometimes she's called Saki as well, like a friend, because well, she's indeed a friend. She's her best friend. <laughs> she's really concerned, and and, and 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 her dynamics. She's generally do not describe herself as a as a manjari. We never heard generally speak about Brinda manjari. No, like in that, but but her her own determination in her own psychology is like that of a manjari. Like she's not so much, she's not inclined to to have, let's say, personal intercourse with Krishna at all. Even though Krishna may try, <laughs> he tries in every direction. He's rasic sekar. He's the topmost enjoyer of rasa, so he will try to. But certain gopis and manjaris will be like really tough, like bold in this like. No, not with me. <laughs> I do not want that. No? Like famous prayers, like the one of, I don't know, uh, Raghunandas Goswami. No? He says, for example, Padabjayastavabhina varadashami vananyat kadapishamaye kildeviyati sakyayate mama namostu namostu nityam dasyayate mama rasastu rasastu satyam so he's praying to Sri Maturadani saying, Oh, please, Devi, please bless me with the following thing. Do not offer to me friendship with you. I don't want to be like on the same level as you. Because that implies also, oh, Krishna will come to you in that those terms. No, So to that friendship, I eternally offer my pranam. Like I, but I, I it's not my hungry but. I, I pray for eternally relishing this dasya, what we call Radha Dasya, like this. So, Srimati uh, Brinda Devi is like a particular figure, again, paradigmatic figure. We cannot become, of course, Brinda Devi. And her role is very specific, so she's kind of in between, like very concerned about both Radha and Krishna, and also giving proper moral advice whenever the situation is required when they have some conflicts and they need some uplifting and Brinda will come and say but she's very bold also no? like do this, do this I'm, I'm arranging everything so everything will be solved so giving some hope in the moment of the bigger necessity so I don't want to get lost in Brindavan although our idea is to I lost my heart in Brindavan we are on the attempt but let's connect a little bit with our sadhaka reality in connection to Tulsi Devi, which is an expression of of uh, a very like user-friendly, if you will, manifestation of Brinda Devi in our lives in the form that we can daily take care of, being taken care of, <laughs> and worship and serve. So Tulsi Maharani, actually, if you pay close attention, we are trying to to adorn our very sadhaka. Deha with Tulsi Devi. I mean, we are speaking about sadaka, our role and sadaka. So let's start regarding our our 
the fashion world of the sadaka. <laughs> it starts and ends here, basically. There is not so much to say. If there is something that we, all of us, will share, as sadakas in Gaudiya Vaishnavism will be journaling, the tolls they will be like, uh, some may have Sikaha, may not, so that may be not so common. <laughs> but these parties will be really like some u- unanimous, unanimous, mm-hmm. like feature, no? like we really want to have that presence in our life. Why? Because again, our, our goal is bring the van and that forest of Brinda that belongs to Brinda and that Brinda has to give us access to that. There's also very nice prayer, but how is this prayer? Srila Rupa Goswami is praying to her very nicely. This is a verse from, um, I think, Utkalika uh, Valerie. So he is saying, O oh, Brinda Devi, Radhan Krishna are your Lord and Lady, your Master and Mistress. So <clears throat> you have them in the deepest core of your heart. So I would like to have access to that, but I cannot do that without your grace. I mean, without your instru- you have to instruct me about how to approach them. That's what Rupa Goswami said. How to approach such a reality. I need your instruction here. I need your guidance. How to walk in that direction. So please, she says, direct your glance, which is your your eyes are melting with mercy, says Rupa Goswami. So di- direct those melted, merciful eyes into my direction. Be merciful to me. Be merciful to me. He starts to say in the verse, like in the desperate condition, over in the David. You know? Grant me your glance, divine, merciful, melting eye glance, so I may melt as well. <laughs> That's the only way I may enter there. That's a melted land. Everyone is. Melted, no? Yesterday, the other day we were speaking about that, explaining Benugit. No? In Vrindavan, you find the rocks, but when Krishna is playing his flute, even the rocks, when we say rocks, we mean the hardest uh, species over there. <laughs> so even the rocks start to melt no? when they hear Krishna's flute. So, and the gopis are seeing the rocks melting. And Krishna walking on the rocks and leaving his footprints, and they start to lament. Oh, here even the hardest entities are melting by the sound of the flute. Everyone is melting except for us, from us. And we are so unfortunate. They start to lament in topmost extreme humility. <laughs> so, so the idea is we should somehow or other start to feel like that at some point. Oh my God! No, everyone is melting except for my. Rock-like heart. No. Mahaprabhu said that in second verse of Sikshastra. Before jumping to the six, seven, eight, no. we have to really get, go deep there. Durdaiva midrisham mihajani nanura. The holy name is so uh, melting. Everything. I mean, it's so uh, has such a potential for melting. But I'm so fortunate that uh, nanuraga. It means my heart is not melting. 
I am not experiencing a single glimpse of melting. I mean, so it must be a rock is there. So the only way to to melt a rock is just like sometimes the example is given. Like if you put a rock and you put some some drops of water, eventually the rock will melt. It will take some time. <laughs> so wishes very sincerely start to uh, invoke genuine drops. Hopefully not a drop, but a torrential rain. And as much as we genuinely cry in this proper uh, uh, remorse, the rock of the heart will start like to, uh, to melt more and more. That will be the most powerful kirtan ever done in our life. It doesn't have to do with big, powerful mridangas and the biggest jayas in all the community. <laughs> Our super kirtan. If you are just singing one single round from the deeper core of your heart in, in one corner without anyone seeing you and some honest drop is falling there, that's a much more powerful kirtan than whatever any other thing. No? So... <laughs> Krishna Mahaprabhu and we hopefully are interested into that type of kirtan and sometimes it starts with this healthy healthy sustainable remorse not paranoid but healthy remorse so I don't know how did I get to this point ah the prayer of of Rupa Goswami that he was asking to bring the Devi melt me with your melt melted merciful eyes. Your eyes are melting with mercy. Also, what's that? No? I mean, it's not just a poetic device. <laughs> no, in the spiritual world, that's literally happening. Everything is literally poetry there. <laughs> so, their eyes are literally melting with grace. So, in this way, we approach her in a very accessible manifestation as Tulsi Maharani. And if you pay close attention to, for example, what we sing daily to her in the secured and we are actually praying for that access no? we are saying Radha Krishna Siva Pavo Abhilasi I mean my desire Abhilas is to enter to serve Sri Radha and Krishna also that first line is like okay I'm presenting my case oh no? Tulsi Maharani Namo Namo Tulsi Krishna Preyasi I say oh Krishna you are Preyasi no? you are very dear to Krishna as Guru Mahārāj says, it's not what you know, but who you know. Right. <laughs> so, oh, Tulsi Maharani, you are so dear to Krishna and to Radha and Krishna. Radha and Krishna. So, and I want to serve them, and you are dear to them. So, you imagine the rest of the song. But anyway, I will sing those lines. The author starts to <laughs> mention all the other lines. I won't go into detail into all of that, but basically, he's saying that, no? Like, uh, again, I have a desire, full desire, Purnahoi. Purnahoi, Seva, no, that's the last line, I'm going just to. But that's connected, well, no problem, it's, it's all connected. Seva Adhikar, Dhyakaraniya Basi. You are asking for Seva Adhikar, basically. Seva Adhikar means. Seva Adhikara Diye, give me Adhikara, qualify me for Seva. Seva Adhikara means eligibility for proper service in that specific area. So the, the, the author is 
praying to Tulsi, give me entrance basically in, into Vrindavan. <clears throat> so, for us as sadhakas, that's she, she's playing a very important role. That's why, because generally this is the recommendation, you should, for example, chant Harinam in front of Tulsi. If not, you can, of course, meditate in her or have some picture, but the idea is she will be, again, the facilitator. She has really the key. She has, she knows the password. She has the contact. Mm-hmm. So she will give the access, and, and when she's seeing you melting, oh, she will really, she's already melting, but if you start to melt somehow or other, oh, she will, won't be able to avoid that, because she's the one arranging everything. Arranging means he's exclusively concerned about how to increase the pleasure of Sri Radha and Krishna. So she sees, oh, someone is really concerned about giving pleasure to Sri Radha and that's part of her Virginia, oh, there is some pleasure-giving units crying there. No. <laughs> no, come with me. <laughs> no. Because she, her capacity to offer seva is so big that it's to- constantly expanding. So if there is some new re- recruits, recruits, recruits. Uh, she always sees a necessity because her need for to offer service is always growing. So, oh, more, new, new, come, come, come. As Guru Maharaj said, some disciples are looking for gurus, but guru is looking for disciples. <laughs> for real, he's really need looking for disciples because he's rendering some high, such high service that that service, uh, of course, sevadikar requires qualification, but there's never enough. There's always the necessity of more service. That's the dynamic of the spiritual world. So if someone is sincerely praying for that. Sri Guru, in this case, but also we can, we may speak about Tulsi Maharani. They would just really melt themselves, melt us, and take us to the melting area, basically. <laughs> but everything is melting at every step. So, so yes, we should daily consider this, and, and because of that, we have Tulsi here. We have Tulsi when we chant our job. The Tulsi there. I mean, we should really like deal with that uh, with awareness also not just not just <laughs> so because of that sometimes certain prayers are recommended at least to realize what's going on <laughs> I'm about to invoke the presence of Sri Surat and Krishna and that mercy and this is Tulsi Maharani so sometimes we just do not realize that and we just start our sadhana our chanting and maybe after some minutes your mind is somewhere else. <laughs> so, but if you really start in a careful way, uh, realizing what I'm about, am I about to do? Here I have Tulsi Maharani, Tulsi Maharani, given by a higher servant over there, Sri Guru. <laughs> so there is a whole uh, list of connections that are very important. And if I am able to establish them. Right. My practice will be duly, no? like presented and directed into the direction. Because if not, I may feel I'm not connected today. What's going on? Well, pay attention to <laughs> which is the sambanda you are establishing for your chanting. How you connect your chanting in the proper way with whatever should be as a background to your chanting. It's not just I sit, I put the hand, and hey, hey. hopefully yes. If you are Krishna Das Bhavaji Maharaj, that will work. 
But if not, we need certain like sequence of awareness and prayer. Generally, that helps. So it increases our awareness of who we are, who we want to be, and who we are praying to, who is there blessing us. And eventually we will realize, oh, I'm not alone here. No, I'm just really blessed. And, and that will be, give so much hope in the midst of certain, maybe, frustration, because sometimes we are trying to practice and pray, and we feel, no, who am I to aspire for such a thing? My mind is running here and there, and this and that. But at the same time, mercy is still coming, so as we spoke, I think, in Costa Rica, at one point of, in our sadhaka life, the boat of our devotional project, <laughs> if you will, that wants to go beyond the ocean of this world, the boat will be, how do you say in English, rocking? Rocking, rocking between two directions, you know, like unworthiness, you know, self-disparagement, <laughs> and hope. Worthiness, hope. Worthiness, <laughs> hope. <laughs> so who will win at the end? <laughs> hope. hope. <laughs> at least it has to win. <laughs> the other one may win, but you will you will be a loser in that case. <laughs> but ideally, at the end, hope is always uh, more prominent because no matter how big are your anarthas, Mahaprabhu's grace is always bigger. <laughs> Because if you start to consider, oh, I am so contaminated, and, and you start meditating more in your artist than in, in the divine grace coming from Brinda Devi, whatever, you are giving your own dark side more prominence than to the grace of the divine. So again, you are just putting your ego in the center. <laughs> but if you are really sober, you will accept, okay, I have this dark side, but there is a very bright horizon there lots of hope so eventually hope will be the, the predominating force and that will give us success but this other uh, side is also important for us to be really properly humble in our approach to hope you follow? Mm-hmm. because if we don't feel ourselves in need we, we won't run too much to the hope side <laughs> because we won't feel that necessity I say I'm okay I'm not so falling Okay, <laughs> but that's not the equation. <laughs> if you really try to understand where are you, I'm not like a masochist depressive state, but just to be objective. <laughs> the nature of what had come to my life, the gift is such a thing, I, I can only, I can but feel myself very insignificant, but at the same time fortunate and with great hope. So there will be some like different feelings rocking there but eventually that will help to create the proper attitude because if we are not humble we won't feel the necessity of costless mercy and we won't be able to maintain costless mercy in our life because that requires real deep humility because understand what does it mean to receive costless mercy costless mercy means something that no matter what I do I will never deserve it. That's that's heavy. <laughs> Imagine that I say you that I'm offering something. If you can take it, but you will never be able to deserve it. 
I mean, if you are not humble, you won't be able to sustain that. Because we are accustomed to do things and eventually feel, I've done it. I deserve it. That's my merit. But in the case of costless mercy, we sometimes say costless mercy, it sounds it has no price. You just ask for it and you have it. But sometimes with time you feel, oh, where is mercy? Mercy has gone, has disappeared. But it's your fault. It's not the fault of costless mercy. <laughs> Maybe costless mercy gone somewhere else because you were not willing to pay the price for costless mercy. There is a price. Even though you don't deserve that, the price is deep humility because that's the only way you will be able to live with something that you will never deserve. <laughs> Imagine every single day that thing will remind you. You will never deserve this. You will never deserve Not from from pride, but the nature of the dimension of the thing is such that you will never deserve it. You will never deserve it. And you will you will you should be really happy with that. That humility will take you in that direction. Oh yes, I will never deserve but even though even though I don't deserve it, you are coming so grateful. Thanks so much. That's humility. <laughs> if there is no humility it's after two days Shut up. Do not remind me that I don't deserve you. Get out of here. I only want things that I deserve. Okay, karma is coming. (laughs) (laughs) Karma is that. You want what you deserve, okay? There's a department for that. Karma. Karma police. (laughs) That's what you deserve. Exactly. But the point is that if we ask for justice, Sula Siamara said, we will become, we will be losers. (laughs) <laughs> if you only and to ask for justice does, un, does not only mean it to ourselves but to others also because sometimes we are very expert in pray for mercy costless mercy but in the case of others we are we are like doubting Krishna why you are giving costless mercy to him in such a case hopeless case you cannot give costless mercy to him he doesn't deserve that. Of course, that's the whole idea. He doesn't deserve it. <laughs> Hopeless case. As we are. <laughs> you follow? So if I just say, Krishna, give me your mercy, but they do not deserve that, give them justice, actually by doing that, I'm depriving myself of that same mercy. So we see it's not so easy to pray properly for costless mercy and mainly to properly honor that when it comes and keep that with us growing day after day. It implies really deep humility. So, in our approach to Brinda Devi, in this case, that deep humility should be there, like Rupa Goswami showed in this prayer, like just desperate condition, please, just sidelong glance of your melted eyes will be enough for this hopeless case. Be merciful to me, be merciful to me. <laughs> you read those verses, you have to try to imagine Rupa Goswami really crying, shouting, rolling on the ground. Not just, oh, I will write a really cool verse now that everyone may uh, identify with. No, no, no. That's not like that. <laughs> so, some words about I mean, I mean, I know, I'm sure it's not enough and so many other things could be said. So hopefully, that's the conclusion and we may continue speaking these days about... The conclusion of part one... Okay, if we, if we want to call that. I, I don't even dare to say the conclusion of part one. But, but okay. That's Siddhanta. That's perfect conclusion. There is no conclusion. <laughs> Related something perfect that becomes even more perfect. 
how you can conclude with that. No? Okay. We have some more time with some other question. Sure. A brief one. Of course, this was the main topic. But if someone has some other question, question that I may ask, or topic, or sorry if some topic was above the heads of some. <laughs> Receiving answers all over the place, listening to you. Thank you. Oh, thank you. As <laughs> said, you are 50% guilty of the whole equation. <laughs> I'm just trying to reciprocate to the inspiration that comes from the audience. No? So, I will say to the people, when I'm giving the class lecture, remember I'm looking at your faces. So <laughs> that for me is a dipana, like stimulant. No? So, uh, <laughs> if all of you were not here, I mean, I can give a talk to the world, but it's a little bit more weird, so <laughs> it's not the same. Or even when I do some live streamings, and I, no one is there, have only the computer. Of course, many are there connected, but I kind of like have their faces there. So, in this it's like talking part, to an answering machine or. Probably. DJ on the radio, you speak to an empty yeah. room, even yeah. though you, have, you may have listeners. Maybe they write some comments, Jaimara, it's not the same, <laughs> like this type of exchange. So I, I also appreciate your your sincere prayers. No? As we might say, that's at least half of the equation, if not more. In my case, more than 50%. So. I have a, a question, something I've been thinking about for, for a while, and... Um, there's a, there are a couple of different things I'm thinking about in, in this regard. One is a Bhagavad Gita verse that, where Krishna says, "As all reciprocate, uh, as, as all surrender unto me, I reciprocate accordingly. Everyone follows my path." Um, so, to the so, like you're saying, I, I'm part of this equation. So Krishna is a part of the equation, and I'm part of the equation. So. I'm only surrendered to Krishna to a certain extent. Uh-huh. But he's not... So he's reciprocating with me according to my level of investment. A little bit more. A little more, <laughs> right. That's his humility. Yeah. <laughs> so, in, the, in a sadhaka sense, or in a, in a practical sense, um, I think that Krishna is appearing before me, just like... And what, what caused me to think about this was that it was John Mastami not so long ago, and um, because of Mother Yashoda and Nanda Maharaja's mood of love, that their particular mood of parental love causes Krishna to appear. So I'm kind, I'm kind of combining these two ideas between this Bhagavad Gita verse and this idea of Krishna, of Nanda Maharaja and Yashoda. And so I myself am surrendered to Krishna in a particular way as a sadhaka and somebody who's a an aspiring devotee, and Krishna is appearing to me um, as a few things. Um, but I'd like to hear, like, what? How do you think that for sadhakas, Krishna is reciprocating with sadhakas? So how is Krishna reciprocating with the sadhaka? Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, first thing I would say, like condensed answer and after that I unfold a little I would say that the, uh, the 
main way that Krishna is reciprocating with us as sadhakas, or another way of saying that is the main way that Krishna is showing his mercies through the association he's sending to our lives. That's a very important point. In that, in that association, I will feel, I should feel, this is Krishna's reciprocation. And even more, again, because as we were speaking, his reciprocation is far above to what I'm doing. Um, if you start to think about, oh, the guru, the type, the devotees that came to my life, the guru I received, I, mean, I didn't, I don't have credit in my account to. Mm-hmm. Huh? So again, it's his part of his humility. As you approach me, I, I, I will even, and also that verse of the Bhagavad Gita, with your permission, I unfold a little bit. Of course, that's a level of uh, a statement of Krishna where he says, according to your approach, I reciprocate accordingly. So we may, we generally, or have seen the general devotees take that verse in a quantitative level. No? You surrender to me at 33%, I give you 33%. But also Krishna is speaking about, there about qualitative level. No? Qualitative. I mean, as you approach me in a particular mood, not only in quantity, it's not only I will give you back some quantity, but no, according to the mood you are worshipping me, I will correspond with that. You will see me accordingly. That's also important. This is also mentioned by Narutan Das Thakur in one of his songs. I cannot recall that line, but says something connected to sadhana and siddha, when you attain siddhi, sorry, perfection. So he says, in the way you conduct your sadhana, that's what you will obtain in your siddhi, in your perfection, in your sadhya. No? So that may be applied to this verse of the Gita. No? Krishna saying, according to how you approach me with a particular conception with a particular affinity well I, I have an answer for that <laughs> no. of course we can apply it speak in terms of quantity and percentage of surrender <laughs> but I would like I like also to, to emphasize the other side of it you know, the qualitative side and of course there is a point with Krishna in, in terms of qualitative reciprocation quantitative, sorry, finds himself contradicting what he's saying in the Bhagavad Gita, as you may know. In the Bhagavad Gita, that's one level of instruction. He said, you approach me, I reciprocate you. We go to the Bhagavad, which is like the postgraduate study of regarding Bhagavad Gita, and Krishna, 10th Canto, Rasalila, Vrindavan, Krishna reappearing in front of the gopis after seeing how they were like doing this Gopi Gita and separation of him and he was like just witnessing degrees of Radhabab that were unknown to him and as Guru Mahath says he enters into some existential crisis who am I? I'm called Rasaraj but she's tasting something unknown to me so eventually he enters there on, on the stage and says Naparyam nirabaddhisam juyam sasadukitam vibhudayusakya Basically, he's saying, Your love for me is your own reward. I cannot reciprocate that. Sorry, I contradict myself in Bhagavad Gita, he said. What I, what I said in Bhagavad Gita in that verse, you know, he said to the Gopis, Forget that verse. Of course, the Gopis say, We don't know Bhagavad Gita. <laughs> we don't know any verse by heart. <laughs> 
Like Krishna there was saying, what do you have? I mean, not only I cannot reciprocate, I want that. So that's different, another term. No? So love is, is its own reward, basically. So in that verse, Krishna says something else. But in our condition, again, coming back to sadhakas, we are not to compare ourselves with gopis. Uh, <coughs> I, I should say that, no? as sadhakas, Krishna is showing his reciprocation uh, through the sangha he's sending to us. That's very. It sounds simple, but there's a lot to consider. <laughs> Not to really see the Sangha as Krishna. I mean, Krishna coming to me to embrace me in that particular form, because you may say, oh, why he's not coming in his really direct form and giving me a spool to your revelation, and I hear the flute? And basically, because you are not ready for that. No. <laughs> you have actually no ears and no eyes for that. It's not that he didn't come. He's there. You are not seeing. You are not hearing. I mean, it's not that why he doesn't come. Krishna is asking the same. Why he doesn't come? (laughs) (laughs) So instead of of questioning Krishna's approach, you should question your own, our, we should question our own approach and say, what do I have to do in order to hear the flute, if you will, not to see him, to look at the altar and really not see a deity. There is no deity in the altar. It's Krishna himself. We call the deity, but it's Krishna. Be careful of making a difference. It's like saying, I will chant the holy name. It's another way of saying, I will chant Krishna. Krishna himself is the holy. So, so in that way, in this stage, he knows which is the proper dose of association, of mercy and revelation to send. So he will send a particular association. That is, I mean, and if you embrace properly that Sangha, all would come from that. It's not that eventually something higher than that will come. No, you will realize as you advance how high was that gift. Because Sadhu Sangha is not something to be eventually dismissed. As I said before, it's not that, okay, now I'm just about entering Golok Vrindavan, so I will say goodbye to my guru and all the devotees. I'm entering the spiritual world, so we won't see there, so goodbye, have a good luck, and shoo. No. <laughs> As much as you advance, the more important Sadhu Sangha will become. Chaitanya Charitamrita says that Jan Krishna Bhakti Jan Mamul Hoi Sadhu Sangha Krishna Prem Jan Metenho Punar Mokyanga. It's a very nice verse. Krishna Bhakti Jan Mamul, the root mole that gives birth, Janma, to Krishna Bhakti Sadhu Sangha. No? So, Bhakti is not inherent. <laughs> that would give birth to Bhakti Sadhu Sangha. And there says Krishna Prem Janme Tenho. At that point, with Krishna Prem is born, if you will, Punar Mukya Anga. That Sadhu Sangha is Mukya Anga. It's a main aspect of your practice. So when you have pre Krishna Prem, there you will have full Sadhu Sangha. <laughs> I mean, now we are receiving full Sadhu Sangha. We may not have the capacity to properly honor that fully. But there, Krishna premise, you develop full capacity to honor Sadhu Sangha. That's one of the meanings we may give to Krishna Prem. <laughs> you develop full capacity to embrace the Sangha that is surrounding you. So, yeah, we should focus the Krishna's reciprocation in that direction. Because sometimes we may get a little bit entangled into 
looking for, I don't know, <laughs> some ethereal voice in the sky, and some colorful lights, and, and very mystical situations that something is falling and one verse is coming in a paper or whatever. <laughs> no, the deity has to, no, to send me the, the, the flower, rather than I have to send the flower to my face. And if not Krishna, it's not. No? So it's, that's only mine. Because if you really pay close attention to the Sangha he has sent you, everything is there. I mean, he will tell you, yes. I send you that. Everything is there. I gave you Harinam. I'm giving yourself in that form. Do you need anything else? I mean, <laughs> so the point is we just have to keep educating ourselves in order to awake to the reality of, okay, everything is already there. I am the only one missing. One Philosopher Mara said that. I, when I heard that, I just go to the floor from the seat with my... Uh, like the, what's the animal that puts the head... Inside the no, okay, I just want to be born like that and remain <laughs> so embarrassed because Sri Lanka is speaking about all the things. And one one thing is I'm saying that to you. Another thing is Sri Lanka is saying that <laughs> with full realization. So eventually he said, Krishna has already given everything to us. The only thing he's asking from us is a little bit of collaboration to accept the gift. Mm-hmm. That's our part, nothing else. A little bit of collaboration to just receive all the things that want to be given to you. Mm-hmm. So when I heard that, I felt so embarrassed because in one's ego one felt, oh, I have to do this and I'm doing that. And, and Krishna saying, just put your hand and trust, trust the content of the gift. <laughs> basically <laughs> because I mean if we have not fully embraced that yet now it's because we have some calculation there there is some doubt we are not just fully like <sighs> and because of this Mahaprabhu again laments in the second verse he said nam nam makar so many names so many shaktis all shaktis in all names in those names no hard and fast rule, like implying such a easy and powerful and generous gift, but still there is some but. So we will, we, when we are will, when we are enlightened, we will realize that because in our vocabulary the word but will disappear. <laughs> but now we have sometimes some but, so that still maintains us here. <laughs> so. When we just open our heart, ourselves to the gift and really trust the, the nature of the gift and the content, I mean, it's like if I give you a gift and it's closed and you don't know what's the gift. But if you trust me, you receive the gift. It's not like, okay, I don't know, open first. Let's see, oh, some food. You try it first. I want to see if you survive all this thing. I, I mean, the gift is over. You know? <laughs> the loving exchange is over. So when you really understand... What's the background from the giver? No, Mahaprabhu is the giver, Krishna Prem is the giver. <laughs> and you become really convinced, you really de- develop proper faith in the content of the gift. And eventually, we will become more and more you know, like enthused to collaborate, do our part, which is put your hand, just that. Put your hand and trust in what's coming from. <laughs> Um, have some patience, of course, and eventually the gift will speak for itself.
humble reciprocation because again he said I reciprocate as in, in proportionate but he's sometimes when they would say we give one step to Krishna he's giving ten to us but he will say publicly as much as you go I go but actually he's he's not being as he said I cannot be partial with my devotees <laughs> so we should become embarrassed about how Krishna is so merciful and we are sometimes doing so little for them we may even become accustomed to the mercy and, and just as part of our ordinary daily life. Because that's there. I mean, darshan, kirtan, harikata, prasad, all those things are expressions of Krishna, costless mercy, and expressions of the Swarup Shakti reaching our life, Krishna's reciprocation. But sometimes we're just like, I'm hungry, where's the dinner? So, of course, you won't be fully embracing mercy in that moment you're just thinking in ordinary thing. okay we have to sing something let's sing oh Harikata okay well let's go to the class but if you really do not feel <laughs> that, that's the how do you say this like little we are just sustaining on that mercy actually if you really so because of humility is so so important because humility really takes you to realize wow I'm only surviving because of that. Of those things that sometimes I consider ordinary, those are the ones who are saving my life. And those people, those that, that, that Sangha, is just sustaining me. Once Thomas Merton said that, I like that quote. He said, You can maintain yourself in your practice by the prayers of your God-brothers and God-sisters. Not, not only about what you can do, but by the well-wishing of your well-wishers, basically. That's a very powerful, sustaining tool. If, uh, do not make the experiment, but if you like, if you are crazy, make the experiment. Try to disconnect from all those sustaining links and see what happens and where you end by yourself. In a rec- Guinness record time, you end up doing nonsense. <laughs> no, I mean, like this. <laughs> but of course, do not try that, please. <laughs> so in this way, we can re- gradually awaken sadhakas to all those like invisible, if we will, links that eventually have to become more and more visible to us till a point that they are ev- everything for us. Uh, everything is nurturing, sustaining us. So Humility will take us to that widening of the eyes as Guru Maharaj explains when he explains this verse of Sikshastra and third verse of Sikshastra that we represent full humility Nishta that for many of us is like hopefully long term short term goal (laughs) hopefully (laughs) or well middle term long term goal but some goal at some point hopefully (laughs) and uh, he says at that point Mahaprabhu is showing he looks at the grass speaks to him as a guru looks at the tree the guru the tree has become a guru everything is alive instructing speaking so the person starts to see oh my god everything is sustaining me nurturing me so that's what I am speaking now here but that requires a type of humility a type of tolerance a type of respect to the environment and not demanding that from the environment so as much as we 
understand these four, as sometime I call them, four regulative principles, Sunichena, Sahishnuna, Amanina, Manadena. These four regulative principles, with all respect, are more important than the other ones. I mean, the other are important, of course, but they are more connected to sattvic and being a human being, okay? Preliminary you know, preparation, but the other ones are connected to how do you relate? Will you translate those for us? How do I translate? Sahisnuna. Yeah, like humility, Sahisnuna, uh, Sunichana, sorry, humility, like that of grass, <laughs> important also. Sahisnuna, tolerance, like that of the tree, which meanwhile is tolerating heat, snow, axes, axes, mm-hmm. <laughs> urinating people. <laughs> No. Romantic couples writing <laughs> a lot, <laughs> you, whatever nonsense. Trees is there. And not only tolerating, but while tolerating, giving shade, air, fruit, giving, giving, giving shelter. No. So that's a, that's a type of tolerance. It's not just I have to tolerate. And I'm just thinking, when will I, ha- I stop to tolerate? No. Mm-hmm. Trees is just not concerning about that. It's just giving while tolerating. So that's Mahaprabhu's standard. But there is hope, as we say. <laughs> not expecting respect for you from the environment, if you will, do not see the environment as something that has to be in my service with me in the center, but I am to be in the circumference and someone else is in the center. <laughs> and actually, everyone is to be respected by me. Not only Krishna, because as we say before, in one sense, everything is Krishna. <laughs> so everything should be properly, uh, how do you say, acknowledged. The, re- the relation that everything has to Krishna should be properly acknowledged. That's a form of respect. That's a form of non-violence. If I relate to you without acknowledging your connection to Krishna, I'm being violent, basically. Because I'm and forcing a disconnection that is not possible, but I'm trying to create, disconnecting you or disconnecting me or disconnecting both from our natural source. So that's really violent. <laughs> so as much as we as we locate ourselves under the shelter of these four regulative principles, our sadhu sangha will really flourish. There won't be a space for apparat at all. There will be such a, a blossoming of inspiration and enthusiasm and everyone's vision of reality will really start to awake <laughs> and everything will be speaking to us and about you know our proper goals so that's what Mahaprabhu was saying and it's only Nishta we're just speaking about the intermediate stage we have nine Nishta is the fifth so just just in the I mean that's not less but my point is there we start to <laughs> to really enter into the, the remaining part. As Guru Maharaj compares Nista is like the top of the mountain. Right. Now, before Nista you have been walking, how do you say, upwards? Yeah, mm-hmm. So it's a little bit like... Oh, oh. But it, you have to do that. No? So when you get to the top, you have the really nice uh, perspective of the valley of divine love. And the remaining stages are going downwards. There is something to be done still, but there is some other dynamics, some other... Again, stimulus, because everything will be speaking to you about that. Like Everything will be like 
supporting you, run in that direction, run in everything, it's a guru, nurturing, nurturing, so you will go much quicker. <laughs> but some, is, some path is still remaining there, no? So, again, some ideas. Okay, I think we can finish here. It's already late, but thanks so much for your time, your presence. Very nice, intimate beginning of this yes. series of stuff. I really appreciate being here with all of you. Gaur Premananda Haribo.